Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting ready to speak. I guess you already knew that, didn't you? Can, can I call you back? No, I, 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 I want to talk. Yeah, I, I want to spend time with you. I, okay, I'm, I'm utterly amazed. I mean, the, the, you noticed me that uh, I can't figure out why you care so much. I mean, why you took me in. I, um, I, I love you. I'll, I'll talk to you later. No, you're important to me. I mean, I think about you every day. I was thinking about you all morning. I mean, you're loving, you're compassionate, you're knowing, you're wise. I mean, you're, you're incredible. I'm in awe when I'm in your presence. I know you created me into the man I am. I mean, I'm, I'm overwhelmed how much you love me. I know. I'll try harder. Whatever you want. Your wish is my command. I'll get it right. Yes, I, I've read the notes that you left me. I mean, I, I read them this morning. I even committed some of them to memory. I've embedded them in my heart and my mind. Okay. Milk, bread, eggs. I'll see you this afternoon. Love you, honey. <laughs> Who'd you think I was talking to? <laughs> I remember uh, when our daughter, Alicia, she's our youngest, uh, she was about six and... Uh, we were eating breakfast one day, and uh, she explained to us that her teacher, who was pregnant, was having some difficulties. And uh, we talked about, you know, what was going on, and she said she just felt bad that she wanted to be able to do something for her. And so I suggested to her that, that she pray. And uh, Alicia, she's pretty pretty easygoing kid at that time, and she's like, that sounded pretty good to her, and so she finished eating her cereal, and she headed down to her room. Their rooms were in the basement at the time, and uh, I looked down the steps, and she's got a plastic phone, and she's like, hi, God. Yeah, this is Alicia. Yeah, if you'd make my teacher baby okay, that'd be cool, you know. And, and then she, she ended up hanging up. She said, you know, I'll see you in chapel. She went to a Christian school at the, the time. And so she hung up. And God answered that prayer. And I thought, that's prayer at its best. Heard about a little boy come home from school one day with a stuffed animal he'd won from a Valentine's Day party. And uh, his parents asked him how he got it. And little boy explained that they had put everybody's name in a, in a jar and that they had drawn one name out. And then he kind of got embarrassed, and he looked at the ground, and he goes, but I cheated. His parents were like, oh? He goes, yeah, I prayed that I'd win. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be great if prayer was that easy? If all you had to do was pick up your cell phone and you could talk to God directly. The fact is, we make prayer very difficult. 
You know, we're all over the map on this one. And I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and ways that we approach prayer. I mean, some people kind of approach prayer and it's uh, like uh, Aladdin, you know, we're going to rub the lamp and this, you know, Robin Williams type figure is there and goes, your wish is my command. And that that's how we deal with prayer. Other people kind of have this uh, microwave mentality that, we rush around because of all the pressures in life, and we got so much going on, and so we, we pray on the fly. You know, we throw a prayer to heaven and hope God catches it. Hey, you know, a little help, ASAP, I'm in a hurry, later, and off we go, and we expect God to answer. And then most of us, if we're honest, the only time we pray is when it's an emergency. You know, it's kind of the 911. Hey, I'm in a pinch, having a little difficulty here, tough situation, relational issue, or whatever. And so we dial 911, and it's like, God, please answer my prayer. If you answer my prayer, I'll, I'll become a missionary. You know, if you just do this one thing for me, and it's amazing how many one things we've got. Other people approach prayer, and it's kind of like an episode of Boston Legal. And we think we're a lawyer that has to present our case before God. And so we're trying to convince God. Now, look, this, this, this would really work well for, for you if you would just do this for me. And friends, those are all kind of messed up. I mean, the, the fact is, the Bible says that's not the way we're to pray. The fact is that we're, we're to get a handle on prayer, and that's what I want to do through this series, this iPhone series. I want to look at prayer. I want to look at our God-given connection, and I would encourage you to stick it out with us through this series, to make it a point of being here, because I believe that this is one of the most important things that we can do as a Christian, and that is learn to pray. So many people live their lives and they're wondering why, you know, why their life really isn't coming together. They don't feel that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. They don't feel strength in, in a situation. Don't know which way to turn. And friends, I believe if you could trace it back, you would find that it's a connection problem. In fact, I would go on record today to say you will never be the person God created you to be until you get connected with God and you start communicating with God. I mean, I discovered something a long time ago that when I want to get a handle on something, I want to talk to experts. You know, if you want to play basketball, who do you go to? Go to someone like LeBron James or Michael Jordan. You know, if you want to learn how to cook, you, you talk to Jamie Oliver or Bobby Flay, um, you know, Rachel Ray. You want to know about auto racing? Well, you might talk to Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon. And if you want to know about prayer, I believe the experts, Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus believed in prayer. He, he knew how to pray. In fact, one day the disciples kind of stumble onto Jesus, and he's praying. And they, they watch him. You can almost sense that they, they, they sat and they watched, and when he finished, they said, Jesus, 
teach us to pray. They didn't say, teach us to heal, teach us to preach, teach us to walk on water. No, they said, teach us to pray. And I think those words are powerful. That was a good thing to ask. So many times the disciples, uh, they do the wrong thing, they ask the wrong thing, they don't really get it. But this time they got it right. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so Jesus did. And that's what we're going to do today, is to talk about how do you pray? You know, based on the authority of God's word, how do you make a connection? How do you dial in and connect with God? See, the first thing you've got to know, how many of you have cell phones? You know your provider. You've got to know your provider. Prayer is about finding God's direction in your life. It's about finding purpose. You know, it's how God connects with you. But you've got to know the provider. You've got to. Prayer's not about, get this, it's not about God doing your will. No. In fact, that will result in a drop call. Hey, God, could you just do what I want for a change? You know? And you're going to lose that connection. God wants us to connect. God wants us to pray. He, he's waiting for us. He's listening. Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said, Pray then in this way, our Father. Now, I think we kind of gloss over this. We don't, we don't really get it. Because those two words, our Father, are power-packed. I mean, they kind of explode the, the stereotype of the Jewish tradition at that time. And when Jesus uttered them, I guarantee you that the crowd got a little restless, got a little little uh, upset, because basically Jesus was saying, you know what, I'm giving you permission to call God Daddy. Think about that. I mean, in the Greek, our Father is Daddy. It's an intimate term. You know, Jesus challenged his followers, and he said, you know what, you need to know God so well that you could call him Daddy. And I wonder, do you know God that well? It feels a little awkward, doesn't it, to call God Daddy? I mean, how many, how many fathers we got here? You know, I miss, although my grandkids do it, do it now, but I miss when the girls were little. They would run up and they'd say, Dad, you know, Dad's home. You know, Dad's here. It was an exciting time. And then they got to be about junior high, and it was like, oh, no, here's Dad. You know, but I love that. Dad's home. It would have been a little weird if I'd have shown up and they'd uh, approached me and said, Thou great provider, who does escort me to volleyball and to all these things, you know. Almighty oh, one, you know, who bought me new Nikes, you know. I've been like, are you okay? Did you hurt your head? you fall? What's, what's up? I mean, I'm your dad. There's a special connection. Through the years, uh, my family has always known, because ministry's got its side that can kind of eat you alive. And so I've always made it a point when, when I'm studying, I don't, I don't answer the phone. 
And so my family's always known how to get a hold of me. They've always known if I was in an office, they know the code, they know how to, how to get through, you know, let the phone ring once, call back, you know, those kinds of things. But I always wanted them to know that no matter how busy I got, how crazy my schedule got, that I had time for them. And, and I'll be honest, I enjoy people, but my favorite voices in the whole world is when I hear my wife, or my kids, or my grandkids. There's just something special. Why? Because, because of the family connection. I mean, do you realize that the creator of this universe, the God that, that created you, created me, that has the power to do any and everything, says, you know what, call me daddy. And my favorite voice to hear, God would say, is your voice. God longs to hear your voice. Jesus says, you've got to pray like this. Our Father, Daddy, who's in heaven. You know, Psalms 103, the psalmist writes and says, the Lord has compassion on his children. And you ought to embed that one in your, in your heart and in your mind because I know that for some of you, the term dad or father, it, it just, it's a little tough to, to grasp because some of you grew up in homes where that's not a good name. You know, a dad that was abusive or a father that was inconsistent or domineering or, or pushed you in directions that you just kind of resent. And so what happens is subconsciously, I think, we take our earthly father's characteristics and we put them on the shoulders of God and say, well, if God is like my dad, no thanks. I don't need a God like that. See, I want you to understand God wants the very best for you in your life. God wants to, to be there in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, that, that God can be counted on, that he always wants you to succeed in life. You know, Romans eight seventeen says, if we are God's children, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means that we have access to the eternal riches in heaven. You know, when we pray... If you've given your life to Christ, given God the reins, we're able to tap those resources. Everything God has is ours. And he wants to share it with you. He wants to share it with me. And I don't think sometimes we truly understand or comprehend how much God loves us, how much God wants to, to move in our lives and to bless us. You know, God says, you know what? I want to talk to you. No matter what the situation, no matter how long it's been since we've talked, I want to talk. I want to connect. You know, I want to be there for you in your life. But see, the first thing you got to do is you got to know your provider. Second thing is you got to stay connected. You got to stay connected with God. In other words, you have to make prayer a priority in your life. No matter what the situation, no matter where you are. I love the commercial that AT&T's got out. And I'm going to paraphrase it and put it into kind of my translation. But it goes something like this. The commercial goes, I'm a pastor in the River Bend area. I was born in Memphis, went to school in Chicago. My kids and grandkids, they live in Springfield. I've got friends in Japan. So I need a network that works where I live, a place called River Minicago, Springapan. 
dubbed over voice, prayer works in more places like River Men of Chicago, Spring of Pan. See, I need a God that I can connect with. And what I want to suggest to you is prayer was a priority in Jesus' life. No matter where he was, no matter what the situation, no matter whether things were going good or bad, Jesus stayed connected. He was always dialed in and listening to God and communicating with God, and it ought to be a priority in our lives. We ought to always keep the line open. You know, a colleague of mine tells a story. He said his three-year-old daughter, Donna, she loved to pray. And so before meals, she would always she would, I want to pray, I want to pray, I want to pray. And so he said she would start praying, and she would laundry list stuff and just keep going and going. And finally he would step in and he'd go, amen, that's enough, Donna. He said one day, he, he's a pastor, he said he's praying at church. He went a little too long, apparently, and Donna stood up in the middle of the service, and she goes, amen, that's enough, Daddy, <laughs> you know. How many of you work for someone? You know, report to a supervisor, a, a boss, a president, a coach, a wife, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know. Hey, how about this month? You make a choice, you're not going to communicate with whoever it is that you work for. No emails, no faxes, no text messaging, no, no calls, no notes, no conversation, nothing. Zilts, zero. All right? How do you think that would work? Not very well. People, people walk around all the time and, and they tell me, they'll say, I, I just don't know what to do. I, I just don't have any direction in my life. You know, I, I've got this relational situation. You know, I, I'm so confused. I, I, what should I do? And that's the point that I'll ask. And I always ask the same question. I'll say, have you talked to God about it? And I'll hear one of a couple things. One, they'll say, well, not yet. Um, do you think I should? Now, I'll be honest. I bite my tongue at this point. Because inside, I want to go, no, I think it's better to walk around confused and paralyzed in life. You know, don't talk to God. Have you talked to God about it? Sometimes people say, well, yeah, I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. My point is, stay connected. you got to stay connected with God. And here's a question for you. How many of you have ever been, don't raise your hand, by the way, have ever been stood up on a date or an appointment? How does it feel? I mean, I don't like it. it it's aggravating. It, you feel hurt when, when it happens. You know, but we've all stood God up. We didn't call. We didn't ask God's opinion. He was the last call we made because it's kind of like, well, out of options. Guess I'll talk to God. How'd you like to get a call this week? Someone call you. They go, hey, glad I, glad I caught you. Yeah, I've been on the phone all morning trying to find someone to have lunch with me. You're the 53rd person I've called this morning. <laughs> and I was wondering if you'd like to have lunch. How do you respond? Wow, thanks for thinking of me. I'll drop everything and meet you for lunch. 
what I want to say, all right? I'm just thinking what you're thinking. You know, sorry, I wish I could, but, you know, I've got plans. I'm going to count the ceiling tile in my office during lunch, clip my nails. Thankfully, God doesn't deal with us that way. Well, you talk to 50 people. Got everyone else's opinion. Looked at every other option under the sun. And now that you're out of options, you want me to help. I don't think so. I'm going to count stars. I'm thankful God doesn't treat us like that. It's what we deserve, by the way. But it's not how God treats us. Now, God doesn't hold it against us. God doesn't say, forget you, I'm going to fix you, and not in a good way. I'm going to make things worse. I'm going to trip you up now. No, God doesn't do that. God desperately wants to talk with us, wants to deal with us. You know, I believe one day, that when we sit in heaven with God, that God's going to challenge us on some things. You know, and God's going to take, and he's going to go, hey, Damon, Do you remember, do you remember January the 13th, 2008? Remember that? Remember that day? You know, instead of spending quality time with me, you were doing all this other stuff. You know, you were involved so much in the church thing and doing this and that, and I wanted to lay something really phenomenal on your life. But you missed it. You missed it. It wasn't a priority to you. You just blew it. What's going on there? No, First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, says that we're to pray without ceasing. Hebrews, Paul writes, he says, So let, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. In other words, we're to connect with God. God is standing there, and he wants to, to give us things. He wants to change our lives. He wants to give us stuff that's way beyond what words could even describe And yet we're going, sorry, God, you know, I'm just doing my own thing. Just doing my own life. Are you connected with God? Simple question. Are you connected? And if you're going to stay connected, one of the things that you've got to do is you've got to get the best signal. How many of you travel the same path, like uh, through the work week? You've got a certain route you travel. Isn't it true, almost any route you travel, you go, hey, I lose a signal here, I've got poor signal here, I've got great signal here, this is really strong signal. And so you kind of learn that, don't you? You learn when to make certain calls. Like if you're going to call a friend and you want to talk, you make sure you're in an area where you've got a strong signal. And so you call from that point. And if you're thinking, you know, I don't really want to talk to so-and-so. You know how this goes, right? I guess I'll call him. I guess I better get this over with. Oh, this is an area where there's a really bad signal. This would be a good time to make that call. Come on, I'm not the only one that's thought this, right? Hey, hey, Marlon. Yeah, hey, uh, you left me a message a couple days ago, and um, 
I wanted to return it. Uh, and I'm traveling, by the way. I might lose you in a couple minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. What'd you want? Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to make that party. Hey, you're starting to cut out. I... I'm... Marlon? Later, man. Bye. You've got to know your coverage in life. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, he says, But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. It's talking about going to a place where that signal's strong. You know, when uh, Cindy and I go to Chicago, there's a couple places we like to go. One of them's Papado's, Maggiano's up there. But it's kind of a special place to us. And when we go there, it's kind of our place. Some of you may have a place like that. You feel at home when you walk in. Uh, Maybe it's a vacation spot. And you just, you feel like you're there. And once you're in that place, you think, I'm home. Man, what memories are here. And that's what God wants us to have in our, in our prayer life as a place like his son did, like Jesus did. Jesus had a place that was the Garden of Gethsemane. What's your place? I mean, a, a place where the signal's strong, where you feel at home. I mean, it could be a closet. I'm not sure that really works, but if it does, great. It might be sitting on a rock out back behind your house. It might be... The porch might be an office. I mean, you've got to establish a place where the signal's strong, where you're not distracted. And what happens is that becomes a holy place for you because God works in your life there. God connects with you. You know, when I was in college and I was traveling a lot, I would just turn the stereo off, power down the phone, and it was just me and God, and it was a great time. These days, it's my back porch when I crawl in the hot tub or when I'm sitting in my office because I know that's a place where I connect with God, where we spend a little bit of time, where the, the signal's strong, and, and I can hear God and God can hear me. And it's a special, special place. And my question is, do you have a place? I don't care what the place is. But do you have one where you would say, you know what, the signal's strong there. I can connect with God because God wants to meet you. God wants to be there with you. God wants to listen. He's waiting for you. And the last thing is you've got to have a plan. You have to have a plan. And the right plan's imperative here. How many of you have cell phones again? All right. If you have a cell phone and, it, and you actually can use it, You have a plan, right, with your provider. You might have a family plan. You might have X amount of rollover minutes, a plan that includes X amount of text messaging or unlimited uh, minutes or, you know, unlimited weekend minutes, whatever your plan. You've got to know your plan, though, right? Otherwise, you get these outlandish bills. When it comes to prayer, you need a plan. Otherwise, what you'll find, you go, well, I don't really need a plan. Well, I can guarantee if you don't have a plan, you probably don't get around to praying. You mean to, but you just kind of do the microwave thing and throw some prayers toward heaven once in a while, pray on the fly. 
when you're in a pinch. See, when it comes to prayer, you need a plan in your life. Matthew 6, 7 says, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. You know, I've said this before. I've heard people pray prayers where when they got done, I thought we ought to all stand up and applaud. Had no idea what they said, but it sounded cool. Needed a theological dictionary to unravel the meaning. And I'll be quite honest with you, sometimes if you really take a look at it, you're not even sure it was a prayer. You need a plan. Otherwise, that's what you do. You, you, you just heap up a bunch of sayings that don't really mean anything, never really get to the heart of it. it may sound good, but you need a plan, a plan that will keep you on track. And real quick, I'm going to blast through this, but you need a pray plan. Use the word pray. Start with praise. Peace stands for praise. When you're talking to God, you start with praise. You thank God for the things in your life. If you want to move God's heart, You look around in your life and you begin to thank God for each thing. One, two, three, name them. You know, God, I am thankful. I am thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. And you start with praise. You move immediately to our repentance. Now, this is the art of confession. And this is going to challenge some of you because I know how this goes. You know, we like to generalize. And so what we do with this thing called sin in our life is we kind of go, Lord, here are all my sins. You know them, so I don't really need to talk about them. Will you forgive them? Thank you. Right? That's how we do it. Friends, I want to suggest that we learn to name them one by one, that we take ownership of them, that we spell them out. You know, God, I was a jerk, intentionally a jerk the other day. And I did such and such. And say it. Say what it is. Put a name to it and share it from your heart. A, ask. This is the part we're pretty good at. Get specific, though. Because I hear people, they go, bless my life, bless my life, bless my life, God, bless my life. Well, how do you know if he blesses your life if you don't know what you're asking him to bless you for? You know, be specific. Lay it out. Ask for his help in a particular area. Whatever area you need direction, ask for that direction. Tell God what you're struggling with, what you're battling, what's knocking you down or whatever. You know, James says, we do not have because we do not ask. And I wonder, I wonder how many things God wants to do in our lives, but we just never get around to asking. God says, if you just ask, I do it. And why Yield, yield ourselves. Part of prayer is yielding ourselves on a regular, daily basis. Just saying, here, God, it rains. You know, I think sometimes it helps to just, don't do it publicly, but find a place and get down on your knees and just say, God, it's you and me. And I'm lifting my hands to you. And I'm lifting this situation to you. I'm lifting this struggle to you. And I want to worship you. And I want to be the best man of God I can be. And just lay it out. You know, God, I'm your child. I'm yours. And I believe the pray method is a great plan. It's a simple plan. It's easy to remember. 
Now, here's the homework. Over the next few weeks, as, as we're talking about this prayer thing, I want to challenge you to just use the pray method. And to get very systematic on a daily basis, pick a time during the day and just pray. Praise God. You know, repent, ask, yield, and watch what God does in your life. The Bible says that the church is to be a house of prayer. That means as individuals, we got to be people of prayer. You know, if, if we pray that, that plan, there's a couple things I know. One, you will see your faith increase when you do that. Because you'll begin to see God working in your life. You'll begin to see God answer some of those prayers. You'll begin to understand how much God loves you and is concerned about you. You begin to, expand, or to experience God's blessing in your life in the sense of grace and forgiveness. You begin to sense God's guidance. All of a sudden, things aren't quite as confusing. And the second thing that that plan will do for you, it'll keep you focused when it comes to prayer. I mean, if you have a short attention span, that'll keep your mind from wondering. Now, I'm not the only one. I mean, you know, it's like, what was I saying? What was I doing? It'll help you focus if you use that plan. But here's what I know. The evil one's going to do everything he can to keep you from praying. You see, what he wants to do is disconnect you from God. He wants to keep you from getting a strong signal where you can put the plan and begin to work in your life. Why? Well, the evil one doesn't want you to be blessed in your life. So, simple question. Are you connected? Are you connected with God? Next week, we're going to take this up a whole nother level, but I'd challenge you, connect with God. Pray to God. Take some steps toward God in your life this week. Let's stand for a word of prayer. God, we praise you, and we thank you. You are there in the midst of the turmoil, the struggles. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, I pray that we would do everything in us to stay connected. God, forgive us those times that we fail, those times that we get distracted, that we just get going the wrong way. God, I pray that you would take each one of us. Lord, that we'd hit our knees, that we would lift our voice to you. God, I thank you for the privilege of just being able to communicate. God, I pray that this church, Faith Fellowship, that when people talk, that they'd say, you know, those are people that believe in prayer. Those are people that are connected. God, use us. May we make a difference in this world and in eternity. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.